Hello and happy Wednesday. Here we are again at Wednesday. Although I feel like this week is not going nearly as crazy fast as um, other weeks have seemed to be going for me. I don't know. How's your week going, Vince? Yeah, about the same. This this week hasn't felt as uh, rushed through for yeah. whatever reason. I'm not sure. Yes, same. Um, I, I, I've, I've enjoyed actually the pace of this week, feeling like... There's more time to accomplish things. God is kind. God is so kind. Well, good morning. It's morning here. Good afternoon. Maybe wherever it is that you are, I see Chris is on. Hello, Chris, and good morning. And because I have it pulled up on my phone, Facebook on my phone, I can see that Virginia is with us this morning. I know. We get a little crazy when when Virginia is in the room. Okay, I miss you, Virginia. <laughs> I, I need some Virginia in my life. Let's just say it like that. Okay, who else is on here? I see that there are other people on here. Jump in and oh yes, Anne Marie, Anne Marie. Oh my gosh, Anne Marie. I watched your I watched your little interview um from sunday and girl did you know that she's going to be leading worship at her church in a couple of weeks wow i know i know definitely tuning in for that mm-hmm. well not in real time probably but <laughs> <laughs> probably not in real time i had to shut myself up <laughs> It was so funny. He, he, his parameters at the end of that was like, um, uh, you can say anything, but not about worship. <laughs> it's like, that's not fair. Because oh. clearly you were impacted by the worship in your, your trip to, to Africa. So, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you guys, the weather here is lovely. Cause I know that you're wow. dying to know what it's like in Kansas in October. Um, the weather has been spectacular cool in the mornings and the evenings and about 75 degrees by mid-afternoon i mean it doesn't get any better than this i it's weird though because i'm just now starting to see leaves on the ground They're, most everything's still green it's crazy yes. well and the leaves are just starting to to change colors so cold and raining well vince would love that but i hate that mm-hmm. <laughs> That's that's icky. (laughs) That's the kind of weather that makes me sad. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Anne Marie, you're hilarious. Yes, everybody gets included in John's greetings. Mm -hmm. Everybody can be his loves. (laughs) Morning, babes. I love that. Okay, you guys, we're going to jump right in and we probably will feel like we're all over the place because honestly, we kind of are. We, we actually had made a decision to go one direction and just we're going to turn and go the opposite this morning. I don't know that it's really the opposite direction, but it's definitely different than than what we intended to talk about. Um, pioneering is something that we really need to jump into and understand a little bit better. Um, especially from my perspective, I think that we need to understand what the road feels like. You know, when you're when you're pioneering and you just feel like there's nothing but dust in your your view and 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 ruts in your step and, you know, you're in danger of spraining an ankle and, you know, all the things. And um, I just feel like God was like, I, I want you to be honest. 
like be honest about what's actually taking place. And <laughs> oh, you two, I have a feeling John and Anne Marie could go on and on. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be fun? A fun live with John and Anne Marie. It would be oh, we could just let them go. <laughs> oh, unless you dispute it, it's happening. Um, <laughs> so um, anyway, what I want to say is this. This is my very honest statement. Pioneering sucks. It's my very honest statement. Pioneering sucks. And at the same time, there is something so drawing about the road, the um, game. See, there you go. It's set. It's set. Anne-Marie, it's set. You and John live. This is going to be remarkable. Um, (laughs) The... Stop. (laughs) You're distracting me. (laughs) There is something absolutely drawing and compelling about the the unknown, about the the places that that we've never been before. And all right then. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And um and, and and being able to blaze a a space for for others and and, you know, to be honest with you, pioneering isn't a space that's sur- surrounded by applause. It's lonely. It's lonely. And, and, and mostly it's um, disappointing. It feels like there's a lot of disappointment on, on this road of, of carving out space for others. And, and I'm not even saying that, that I've experienced this as a front runner. I don't know. I, I, I do not know. But I can tell you that I have dabbled in pioneering and and it's it's painful. It's painful. And at the same time, it's magnetizing. When you're called to it, you can't really get away from it. But what I really want to bring this morning is is to talk about the ruts in this road. You know, this is this is a space that clearly it's not, um, it's not asphalt. It's not cement, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing but, you know, debris in your way. And there are ruts in the, yes, that's why it's important to reach out to others. Yes. No, it it truly is. It's important that people know where you are. Um, they might not be able to make sense of, of where it is that your feet are, but to communicate it immediately settles the dispute. Yes, same, Chris. I know it, it, it sucks and it's compelling. <laughs> that's that's just we've got to be honest about this. Um, these ruts in this road are made up of questioning covenant. What is going to be attacked on this pioneering road is the questioning of covenants. The enemy knows where to hit you and and these things hurt they make you feel a little bit crazy like you're losing your mind a little bit and and what what the enemy wants is is for you to get off track take the shortcut to get to the space that that you feel like is your promised space and the problem is Taking shortcuts will not produce the promise. It just won't. It will not produce the promise. Why does God allow your covenant to be attacked? 
because he wants you at the altar. And I think that right now we're mostly using Velcro at the altar. You know, we're like, oh, I'm going to lay me down when it's convenient for me. But I'm going to pick myself back up too when it feels like I need to produce something. And we need to get rid of the Velcro and allow ourselves to be nailed to the altar. When we are under fire, when covenant is under fire, and listen, I am talking about covenant relationships. That is what is being attacked. Now for Abraham, it was the covenant with God that was being attacked. And and what does Abraham do when his covenant is attacked, when he's on this lonely pioneering road? He makes his own way, right? This is how we end up with Ishmael's. When we are unsubmitted to the altar, I'm, I'm, I'm saying to the altar because I want us to really grab hold of what it is that, that's required of us. And we are unsubmitted to the altar, which means we are, we are laying ourselves down. We're allowing ourselves to be attached to the place of sacrifice. When, when, we're, when we're using Velcro rather than nails, we pick ourselves back up and we attempt to produce in our own strength the outcome of the covenant. Do you know what I'm saying? This is how we end up with Ishmael's unsubmitted prophets, unsubmitted people create Ishmael wombs for nations that become enemies to be produced. I'm going to pause there. I have more to say, but I'm going to pause there. Jump in. Uh, this, this is a, um, a timely conversation, I think, as it relates to, to pioneering, because there are a lot of people setting off on a, on a journey that God has called them to. They don't see or understand that, that maybe there's somebody who's already gone there, but um, there, there is a, a path that has to be made. And, and all the things you're talking about in the way, the obstacles that come up, there is, there's no road to, to get on. You know, you, you are making the way. And you talked about the enemy hitting us. When you're on a pioneering journey, it requires certain things. It, you can't go out it, on it alone. There is, there's far too much uh, uh, that can come against you. And the enemy is going to hit you uh, in oneness and try to tear down oneness and, and, and break you and, and the people that you are, are in covenant with apart. And, and whatever that covenant relationship looks like, that is, that is a, a primary focus of attack when we're talking about pioneering. Because you need the support of one another. You cannot do this alone. Uh, Amory, you said that's why it's important to reach out to others. Yes, you can't stress that enough. You can't stress community and oneness enough in this conversation. And that is one thing that's going to be hit. Uh, the other is going to be you're going to be hit with uh, in your provision. And this is where you're going to start trying to pick yourself up off the altar to try to make a way and, and provide for yourself because you can't see the provision that God has lined up for you. And so you think, oh, I, I need to go do something. I, I need to go make this happen right now. So instead of being, uh, you said, nailed to the altar, I, I would say welded to the altar. Sure. This is this is something that is combining the two now 
and and making a, a solid connection that you can't pull away from. This is this is the the imagery we have to use when it comes to putting ourselves in the altar. There there is is provision there. Lean into the oneness that you have, and and, and don't let uh, don't let the attacks of these things because they are going to come. It, yeah. It's it, pioneering is dirty, it's messy. Uh, uh, you mentioned the the dust aspect being kicked up in your face. This is something that is is will will be a part of your pioneering experience. And and there there is no sugarcoating it. It is hard. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. But if you are trying to pick yourself up off the altar, if you are trying to do things in your own strength, it is going to be much more difficult for you than if you're relying on God and you're being led by the spirit. It's just a, a, a point of emphasis in all the things that we're talking about is is allowing God to be your provider, your defender, and and being led by him. Yeah. So what I really want us to grab hold of here is is the there will be a desire to veer off. There will be a, a desire to go around the obstacle. There will be a desire to go over, you know, it's like that old kids game or the little chanty song thingy. Can't go under it. <laughs> you know, can't go around it. <laughs> the thing is we've got to go through it. We have to go through these obstacles because it is what is refining us. It is what is making our road more and more narrow. It is what is is making our focus on the Lamb of God so zeroed in that that we we learn not to remove our gaze from His, and, and without that, we will arrive and will be we will be burdened with heartache because we've come by it in a, a false aspect, because if it's, if it's in my strength, if I have made this happen and trust me, I've had plenty of opportunity to, to make this happen. I have, I veered to the left and to the right to try and make things happen. It is just, it's the, um, the temptation on the pioneering road to muscle things and, and try and make them happen in your own strength because we are addicted to outcomes. We're addicted to production. Ta-da, look what I've done. Ta-da, look what I've accomplished. And, and when God shows us the promise, the, the, the end game, we want it now. We don't want to pay the price. We want it now. We are a drive-through society. You know, we used to be called a microwave society. And I think that it's worse than that. We're, we're just, we just have our hand out, like manifest it. And, and it's, we need to endure the hardships in order to have our faith produced in us. And, and I know, you guys, I know full well what it's like to feel like you are hanging in the balance of hope deferred. I know I am jerked around on a regular basis when it comes to covenant. I, I know what this is like. I know what it feels like to have your guts stabbed once again, to feel like, God, is this ever going to end? You know, I know. I know what it's like. I know how you feel. The thing is, is we have to understand that 
even though it hurts like hell, it is producing something in us. The opposition produces something in us. We don't have to agree with it. I'm not suggesting that you agree with the thing that is that is going on, the disarray that is going on in your life. Don't agree with it. Hold on to faith. Don't agree with it. That's not what I'm suggesting. But allow the opposition to do a good work in you. You know, there, there are there are martyrs that have gone before us who made decisions in their life based on how much opposition they were experiencing. If they weren't experiencing opposition, they were questioning their relationship with God. So we need to learn to work within the opposition rather than trying to avoid it. Like, can we can we commit to not avoiding? We, we are a, an avoidance-driven people. <laughs> we don't actually want to deal with our crap. Mm-hmm. And I think so much of that stems from, hi, Grace. Oh, my heart just feels so comforted. Um, <laughs> and Lisa popped on too from Connecticut. Um, oh, so much of that I think stems from our um, performance Christianity, that that's what we've all been brought up in. This has to look like something. You know what it should look like? It should look like a hot mess. It should look like you don't know what you're doing half the time. It should look like you just got beat up. You should be a little black and blue, to be quite honest. But that's not what we've been brought up in. We've been brought up in this, this pristine, ridiculous, performance driven Christianity that can't stand, cannot stand. When, when performance is what is driving you, you cannot stand. But when you're being beat up on this pioneering road, you better believe there's endurance being curated in you. Yeah, when you're being beat up, you have a couple different responses that you could take. And, and in this uh, uh, conversation that we're talking about, you'd better be ready to fight. That is the, the only response that you have in this in this way sure you could turn you could go back that's what your flesh is going to want to tell you because it's easier back there all the things are available for you but you have to be ready to fight because you're you're never going to make progress you're never going to to come to what's next to what what is uh, new in, in a respect that god is bringing you to if you aren't ready to fight and push through resilience yeah. perseverance these are are words that are just kind of thrown around, but we don't embrace them because we don't understand the cost of what's about to happen and, and, and what is coming against us. Yeah. And what it is that uh, also is available for us when we're counting the cost. What is the provision that's available for us? We have, we got to be able to ask God to, to show us that as well, but you had better be ready to fight. Uh, that, that is, that is the, the, probably the best advice I could give if you are called out to pioneer something is to be ready to fight because it is going to be a battle yeah. and it is so many different ways. And we've already talked about a couple of them that are going to come against you, but there are numerous others. There are far more ambushes waiting for you that you, you may not think of if you don't sit down and say, okay, I'm going to count the cost right here. And I'm going to really understand what it is that is coming up. And I know to be prepared to fight 
And if, if I didn't think of this thing to be ready to fight against, I have the, the resilience and, and the reliance and the perseverance because of my, my ongoing relationship with Holy Spirit each and every day to, to fall back on and to, to rely on and to come back to that, that will help boost me back up and help keep me in the fight, help keep me going. Yes, uh, a hot mess uh, express is what we're on. Uh, because it is it's it is a, a dirty knockdown drag out thing that that is happening when you're pioneering it is a constant fight it's a constant struggle yeah the, the, there's there's no sugar coating and, and if somebody tries to tell you oh it's so great and it's wonderful it's glorious you're out front you're pioneering they're lying yeah they're lying to you it's a flat <laughs> lie it, it, it is uh, they, you should probably protect your wallet at that point if you're hearing that yeah. Be ready yeah. to fight. Just yes. be ready to fight. And, and in this fight, you are, you're partnering with God because if he has provision for you, if, if he has already gone ahead of us and made a way, uh, then, then there is a partnership aspect to this fight that we're talking about here. Yeah. It's, it's messy and dirty. Sure. But God's there with you. And, and so he is, he is looking for a response, um, and this is not works to bring you to salvation. This is works in partnership to advance the kingdom. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here. When, when we're talking about partnership, he is wanting you to partner and come back to the original intent of the family, which is dominion, which you received in your new birth, in your new creation birth at the cross. Yeah. You, you now have the dominion to be able to look. Here is where uh, um, my foot is setting. And this is now part of the kingdom. And any resistance is not going to be able to stand against me. It just, it, it cannot happen because of who I am. Right. As part of the family. And, and if I start to forget that, I have surrounded myself with people that are going to say, hey, hey, listen up. That's not who you are. Right. And, and, and we are all set back on the path that, that we need to go. So it's a fight, but it's a partnership. Yeah. And, and here's the deal. Like, I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't want to glamorize the fight either, you know, right. um, it, it, because there's, there's nothing glamorous about it. I fall down uh, 10 times as much as I stand. Like, seriously, can we please be an honest people about what it's really like out here, out here in the wild? Like we fall down, we fumble. If I could like nutshell what, what I feel like my calling is right now is to display my mess before you, like the, the how many times I, I fail, I fumble, I mess up. Listen, when, when the, the fight comes at me and gosh, when you're standing, when you're standing in this faith space, faith is the substance of the things that we're hoping for, right? Faith is the substance of the things that we're hoping for. And so when we're standing in that place that like, come on, let's just be done with this. Let's just, let's just eradicate this thing. Let's, let's move beyond this thing. And, um, and so often the thing is the enemy grabbing hold of your history with fear and coupling it with your covenant. That's what the thing is. It's, it's mean. And it's ugly and it comes in like a freaking wrecking ball. And you get hit, you get knocked down and that's not what matters. What matters is 
Are you going to get back up? Are you going to get back up? You know, I, I coached girls for a number of years in, in volleyball and basketball. And one of the most infuriating things that they would do was side with the opponent. <laughs> it was one of the most infuriating things that they would do, whether it was in volleyball and in our program was famous for this is, you know, confessing their wrong on the court and, um, you know, like, oh, oh, well, I touched it. So, you know, it, it's their ball. Um, or it, it, if somebody fell down on the basketball court, they would stop in the middle of the game to help them up. You guys, we have gotten in such a bad habit of siding with the enemy. And I realize that, you know, sports, we're not talking about enemy lines here, but you get the point that, that this is where we've, we've been taught this. Like there, there's, there's one program that we were involved with that their slogan their, their athletic slogan, and it's painted on their gym walls, Christians first, competitor second. Could somebody just give me the gag emoji? Like, can we, can we, like, I need some, I need some puking emojis. Christians first, competitor second. When did that separation begin? When did that happen? We are, and I've seen this so much, and I'm going to focus on, on, on women for just a second because I want you to understand why we're the way that we are is because this is how we've been raised. We've been raised to, to think that, that womanhood is about shrinking into false compassion, and it's not. It's not at all. We are not made to, thank you, Anne-Marie, we're not made to side with the enemy. We're not. We are made to be fierce, to take on the likeness of Jesus Christ. And he's a warrior. He's a warrior. And, and if I can say it so crass, that this is what my husband says. Jesus didn't half-ass it on the cross. He didn't. He didn't. He went all the way. And it doesn't get any more violent than that. Yes, Chris, thank you. We need the puke emojis right now because it is, it's, it, it, it's, it feels very real. It feels very real to lean down beside someone who just got taken out by the wrecking ball and be like, and, and want to coddle them in the space and, and really talk about their woundedness and, and, and maybe, you know, even make much of, of their trauma. No! That's not, false compassion is going to get you both killed. Your job is to be far more militant than that. Fence in battle, when someone is, is, um, has fallen down, what's the job? The job <clears throat> is to is to get them up and fighting again. If there is, if there is anything left to give, you have to get them up and get them moving. You, you have to, you have to drag them up. It is, it's a difficult thing to, to, <clears throat> to see that, 
to see somebody go down and, and we don't have, most of us don't have a good understanding of that because we've never seen it. Our, our, our lives are so sheltered from real violence. We may see it on the news, but there is no, no real understanding because there's been no experience with it. And, and so it, it's hard to see when somebody gets knocked down what what it can do because it, it can it can change their mindset completely they they can they can all of a sudden start to believe it's not worth it and, and like you're you're saying you know having to deal with that when, when the the bullets are flying and people are dying that's not the time to be dealing with that that isn't the space for it the the space for that is later in, in the the immediate fight you have to be able to fight on to victory first and, and be able to fight through whatever, whatever that is. And, and yeah, it, it's not a glamorous thing and we don't want to glamorize the fight, but um, it's something that's being brought to us and we have to be ready for it. We have to be able to, to understand the response that's going to be required. This is where the resilience factor comes into play so much. When, when this happens to to you or to somebody that you are close to your response is it should not be to coddle them in the midst of this the time for that to, to time to deal with things is is later you've got to get through the fight first you've got to be able to to push through whatever this ambush is and, and that's the, the the terminology i always think about in in, in use is an ambush because this is what's happening an ambush is set up so that when your your enemy gets into the kill zone, the optimal place to do the most damage, that's when the ambush is initiated. Whether it's it's near to you or a little bit farther away, depending on how it's set up, it's coming at you. And and you cannot sit down in the kill zone and, and stay there. You have to fight. You have to move. Don't sit down. Don't don't be uh, uh like you've heard Angie say so many times, don't be a sitting duck. Don't just sit down, move, fight back. If, if you have somebody who is knocked down next to you and wounded, drag them on, keep fighting until you get through that. And then there's space to, to treat casualties, to resupply, to do all of the things that need to be done. But after the fight, not in the middle of it. Yeah, that's good. And and so I, I think that we need to understand that that in in a sense, you know, we, we are all now this is this is if you have followed Jesus out of the old wineskins, we are all on a a road of pioneering to some degree. Some of you it's probably with your family lines. You know, you're, you're moving in a direction that your family has never gone before. You're going beyond the parameters of, of your family line. Um, for others of you, maybe, maybe you're leading a, a, a organization. Maybe some of you are even leading a, a nation. I don't know. I don't know where you're at on this pioneering road. But um, if you have walked out of the old wineskins, and you should have, you're just making a mess for everybody else if you haven't. 
you are on a pioneering road to some degree. So you are likely experiencing some of this. And I, I feel like one of the the dangers in this space is, is the scales where we're trying to, to keep everything balanced, you know, and um, I, I just feel like we, we need to smash these scales that um, all that we're really doing is trying to measure up and, and you're not going to, it, 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 there's nothing to, when you're pioneering, there's nothing to measure it to. <laughs> there, there's, there's, there's nothing there. It's, it's, it's you fighting against your imagination. It's you fighting against what um, you have decided is the outcome. And, and that's, you've heard us talk about this, like do not fall for serving the outcomes you're going to miss the whole thing. You're going to take a, a an offshoot that has nothing to do with where you're supposed to be going. And you're going to end up, you know, doing what Abraham did and create a womb for a, an Ishmael. And, and this is the danger. This is the danger out here on this road is that there are all of these off roads that, um, seem appealing. They seem like, oh, that's, that's probably a good way to go because this way I can avoid all the pain. If there's not pain in front of you, just know you're on the wrong road. If you can't feel the fire, you've gone too far. And this is something that, that this picture is just etched in my, my mind right now is just how narrow this road actually is. And you guys, we are filed in so tight shoulder to shoulder, you should be able to feel the thought of somebody wanting to turn too far to the left or to the right. Like this is, this is your, this is your degree of turn. <laughs> it's just like within this space and, and you just don't have much room to turn. And, and here's my big question to you is who has permission in your life to tell you you've turned? Who, who has, who's got your back? Who has permission to speak into your life? And please be honest in this area, because if you're not, you are going to fall. You're going to fall. You're going to be taken out. You're going to fall. And we can't afford casualties right now. Who has permission to speak into your life right now? Who has permission to be honest with you? I know everyone has permission to coddle you. Everyone has permission to speak words of affirmation over you. Everybody has permission to give you a personal prophecy. Who has permission to judge you where you're at right now? Yeah. Who are you allowing to do that? And then when they come and they do bring that to you, how are you receiving it? Because if you don't receive it well, you have just limited access to who has allowed because they're not going to come back and withstand abuse multiple times, once, maybe twice, three times with a really, uh, a person who really loves you. But eventually they're just going to stop coming because they know you're not going to listen. And so, yes, who has allowed, have you told them, please, if you see this happening, come say something to me and then receive it. Well, take it. And and look at it and have the conversation with Holy Holy Spirit. And then if time comes to repent, do so. Come back up higher and move, keep moving forward. We, we, we can't abuse the people who we give permission to speak into our lives and, and, and bring correction and, 
and bring those hard things to us when they start to see us veering off of the narrow road, we can't abuse them because they are trying to get us back in line and back on the road. Yeah. I, I think it's it's something we have to to just let go of. And and you mentioned the the scales. We gotta let balance just fall away. Uh, uh, balance looks like being 100% fully committed to what it is God's calling you into and, yeah. and 100% fully committed and giving yourself over to relationship with him. That's what balance looks like. It doesn't look like uh, uh, a scales. It, it is all one-sided. <laughs> we could put it that way. The scales, the scales, if you're trying to use them, they're not going to equal out if you're uh, fully committed to God. It's just not going to, it's just not going to be there. Yeah. And so, yeah, but to, to really hit that point, those people, uh, uh, your community, the people you're in oneness with, they are there. If they're really, truly uh, uh, loving you and being kind, they're bringing wisdom to you. They're not trying to manipulate you or control you with what it is they're bringing. The, the, if you can, t- you can feel that you'll know. If if the focus is to control and manipulate, you'll see that. Or if it's to bring you back on the hook, because if you are like you said, Angie, if you're honest with yourself, you're going to say, "Okay, yeah, yeah, I was getting off the road there. I, I was starting to veer, and I needed to be brought back because I wasn't self-correcting that." And so I've been cracking up watching him roll around back there. It's been so funny. I know. And to be honest with you guys, he is being this. This is my dog Shane. And Shane thinks that he needs all the attention right now. He's like, yeah, me too. Me too. I'm on the road too. And yes. at one point he even like flipped over on his back and, and farted. I mean, I didn't hear that. Jeez Louise. My dog is being so distracting right now. I love, I love your dog. I love Shane. He's so awesome. He is no. he's the, the sweetest dog, but I'm afraid he's not going to. No, go lay down. <laughs> coddle you <laughs> later later oh gosh so, bad um, uh, but don't don't out. abuse these people you know take what it is that they're they're bringing to you uh in love and, and know that it is in kindness that this is this is being brought to you it is not to uh wag a finger at you and so you know and, and if you're the one bringing something to someone Check your motives first. Yeah. It, 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 am I doing this out of a finger wag moment or, or is it truly like, I love this person and I want to see them brought back because mm-hmm. it, it will change the approach that you bring. And, and I can, I can say, honestly, like give yourself time to sit with that. Whether it is, is an hour, a day, a day or a week, you will Thank God that you took time to sit with that and really check your motives and check what it is that God is wanting to do in this situation, because you may not have a full picture at first. And, and this is, you know, I've done this. And fortunately I've done it both ways where I didn't sit with it and where I have, and the outcome is much different in what God is, it brings about and what he does. And so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Chris's emojis are being actually spelled out and it's cracking me up. Your language upsets my religious sensitivity. Face green smiling. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and it, it is. It's it's so important. One, 
that we know how to to deliver correction and receive correction. You know, it's the same thing. I mean, honestly, most of us are are not very good at even receiving praise. Um, you know, how how do you react when you're surrounded by a, a whole lot of people that that just really love you and they just want to lavish love on you and um, maybe even you know tell you the way that God has revealed you to them in, in, in a group? Like, are you good at receiving that? Are you good at receiving that? Or are you like, oh no, like no, you know? I mean, um, it, it's telling. Like, if you're if you're incapable of receiving praise, you're also going to be incapable of receiving correction, and um, because they both come from the same spirit, correction is just another form of the prophetic. I have to have spiritual eyes to see that you've gone off grid. You know, I I have to be able to to sense what what you're like when you've been with Jesus as opposed to when you've forsaken your time with Jesus. And, um, and I need to be someone who can detect fruit. I, I need to know that like you, what, what you're like when you're functioning under the, the power of, and the presence of the, the spirit, what, what is fruit being produced in you like what how do we experience that so i think mostly that we've been really awful in in relationship that that we show up with our masks on and this is why we don't know each other at all is it because we never live unmasked before each other like who knows your pains Who, who can you, who can you go to when you're celebrating something and they don't try and one up your story? All of these things matter. Yeah. Um, yes, it, it does explain a lot. I want to read um, to us uh, just a, a, a bit of Lamentations. Look what I got in the mail yesterday. Yes. Thank you, Lisa. She is both my, my, um, librarian and barista (laughs) and dearest friend. Um, but so it's the passion translation of Jeremiah and Lamentations. And I, I just, I opened it up and started like reading different spots. And I, I think that this really, um, fits in with what we're talking about. Chapter three of Lamentations can very um, you can you can feel the the Psalm twenty three essence to it. However, the language is is more um, raw, and it, it's not um, it's not in a tidy package with a bow. You know, it's it's giving the the raw story, the bloodied story, the black and blue story. Um, so, chapter three of Lamentations. I am the man acquainted with misery by the rod of his anger. He has shepherded me into dark places with no light. He laid a heavy hand on me every day over and over. He has made my skin and my flesh waste away. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and encircled me with a wall of hardship and bitterness. He has made me sit in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in with no way out and weighed me down with heavy chains. Even when I cry for help, he closes his ear to my prayer. 
He has made my paths amaze and obstructed my ways. He has become to me like a bear ready to pounce or a lion lying in wait. He dragged me away, tore me to pieces, and then left me stunned and helpless. He has drawn back his bowstring and used me as a target for his arrows. He shot his arrows deep into my heart, sons from his quiver. Everyone has made me an object of ridicule. They mock me all day long with their songs. He has given me my fill of bitterness and made me drunk with worm wood. He has ground my teeth with gravel and crushed me down to the dust. You have snatched peace from my soul. I have entirely forgotten your goodness. I thought to myself, my endurance has evaporated. Yahweh has stamped out my hope for the future. I remember wandering around in misery, drinking the poison of bitterness. Whenever I ponder this, my soul fades away within me. Yet there is one ray of hope when I remember this. Yahweh's tender mercies have no end. And the kindness of his endless love is never exhausted. New, fresh mercies greet me with every sunrise. So wonderfully great is your faithfulness. I tell my soul, Yahweh is my abundant portion. I need nothing more. So I will put all my hope in him. Do you see how his conversation is, is like, he's like, this is what it feels like. And then he reminds himself of the truth of who God is. And then declares, this is, this is, this is who, this is definition of who you are is what I'm putting my hope in. We've got to be careful what our hope is in. If our hope is in the, the evidence of things hoped for, we're, we're going, that's when we're going to experience the, the feeling of being heart sick, right? Verse 25, Yahweh is always good to all who trust in him, to the soul who searches for him. It is always good to hope, quietly waiting for Yahweh's deliverance. It is always good to learn patience and humility from a young age. If your burden is heavy and hard to bear, endure it quietly. Bow low in humble submission, for there may still be hope. Offer a cheek to the one who would strike you and learn to endure those insults. For the Lord will not reject you forever. If he causes grief, he will show compassion from the cascading overflow of his endless love. The Lord takes no delight in afflicting anyone with suffering. To trample underfoot all the earth's prisoners, to violate human rights in the presence of the Most High, to cheat someone of justice, these things the Lord does not approve. Who can make anything happen unless the Lord is willing? It is not from the decree of the Most High that both calamities and good things come. Why then should anyone complain over the punishment of their sins? Let us examine our path and ponder our ways and return to Yahweh's heart. Let us pray, offering up our hearts in our hands to our God above. We have sinned and rebelled, and you have not yet pardoned us. You have blanketed us with your anger and then pursued us, slaughtering without pity. 
You shrouded yourself in a cloud too thick for prayer to pierce. You've reduced us to rubbish. We are the lowest scum of the nations. Our enemies are a choir of scoffers and scolders. Panic and pitfall have been our portion. Calamity and collapse have come upon us. My eyes stream with torrents of tears as I weep over the ruin of my beloved people. My eyes will weep without stopping with no relief in sight until Yahweh looks down from heaven and sees how much we suffer. My heart is so grieved over Jerusalem, the daughter of my people. My enemies who hate me for no reason have trapped me like a bird. They buried me alive in a pit and covered it with stones. Water rose over my head, I thought. I'm going to die. I called on your name, Yahweh, from the bottom of the pit. You have heard me cry out to you. Do not close your ears to my sighs and to my cries. You drew drew near when I called to you. You told me, don't be afraid. Lord, like a lawyer, you contended for my cause. You liberated my life, my redeemer. Yahweh, you have seen the wrong done to me. Judge in my favor. You have seen their malice and all their hateful plots against me. You have heard their mockery, Yahweh, all their horrible schemes against me. They murmur and whisper against me all day long. See, from morning to night, I am the butt of their jokes. Yahweh, repay them. Give them what their deeds deserve. Give them dullness of heart as you place your curse upon them. Pursue with anger and destroy them from under your heavens. Doesn't get much more honest than that. I think that we probably need to get a little bit better at lamenting, being honest before the Lord. We talk a lot about not grumbling, but we're not talking about being dishonest before the Lord. He wants to hear the contents of your heart. He wants you to come before him and say, this sucks. I hate this. I feel pressed in. I feel crushed. I feel beaten up. He wants that honesty from us. He wants to hear our hearts cry. But what we can learn from lamentations and from the Psalms is that We also need to declare and proclaim who he is in the midst of the anguish. Be honest, but then also be capable of declaring who he is in the midst of your opposition. This goes back to what you're talking about the other day with grace. You know, we can... We can choose to shrink back in the midst of it, or we can choose to praise him. Yeah. In in the struggle, in the hardship, and all the the stuff that's going on and, and the, the the bad things that are happening, we have a choice. We can choose to shrink or we can choose to praise. And you know, we, we often aren't truly honest with one another about these things that are going wrong, that are going bad. We, we don't want to to air the mess because we want to look like we have it all together, some kind mm-hmm. of prideful display uh, of performance uh, and rather than being real and honest. And then we turn and we do the same thing with God. 
we want to try to, we want to pretend like everything's good and we don't have anything difficult going on. Like he doesn't see everything. We, we just have to get far more honest with each other and with God about what's going on and then be able to take a praise break, take and a break, break. That, to, to be reminded of who God is, how he's shown up for us, who he is saying he's going to be for us in, in, in this uh, current season. And, and remembering helps give you faith for what he's saying now. Mm-hmm. How he's shown up in the past gives you faith to, to believe what he's saying now. So we have to be more honest, far mm-hmm. more honest. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and we've talked about this before. Do you know the route to the throne room? Have you got it down to where you are a step away from the throne room? It, that's that's not going to happen until you learn to take the praise break, you know, in the middle of it all. And the thing is, is like if if you're on if if you're on a pioneering road right now, it is actually the kingdom plan is for you to come up against the opposition that has been occupying the land that you're moving into. It's the kingdom plan that you come up against that opposition because our job is to pull the government of the kingdom down over that thing. And so it's our responsibility in the midst of opposition to lift his name higher than the opposition so that he can take dominion we want him to take dominion we want him enthroned in that place listen the work that you do now will be less work for the generation behind you that has to be done they can go further when we are when we when we are taking these offshoot roads to avoid the opposition we're just leaving a mess for the next generation and they will not be able to go further than 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 we are because we are we're not doing our job. Our, our job is to overcome this opposition, to kick the squatters out, to get them out. It's not their land. They're just squatting. They're doing so fiercely, but they're just squatting. Like we need to, we need to face the opposition, do the work yeah. and kick them out to take dominion. It's our job. It's yeah. what we're made for. The further we get off the road, the, the further the next generation has to come back to get on the road before they can move forward. Yes. And and you talking about, do you know the path to the throne room kind of leads into what we were going to originally talk about, about the sanctuary. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, uh, if, if you don't leave the sanctuary, if you're consistently in that throne room, then you're, you're never going to have a problem um, when it comes to a praise break. You're, you're already there. You, you, yeah. you know, there that, and, and if you stay there in that, uh, that sacred, uh, and holy space that, um, is described as a sanctuary, uh, a throne room, then praise breaks are, are, um, quicker to get into because you don't have to take a long path. The path to the throne room is short. Yeah. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. All right. I think we've said enough. 
Will you pray for us? Father, we thank you so much that you have called each of us to, to whatever that is. And we thank you that you are setting us up for, for those that you are calling to, to pioneer, which, which honestly is all of us. We're all called to do that because the next generation is going to have to go further than where we are at. And I thank you that you are setting us up for success by going ahead of us, that you yeah. are there bringing provision, bringing protection. And I thank you that we have an opportunity to partner with you in that God. I thank you that you're preparing us to, to be ready for, for opposition, to be ready for a fight. And at the same time, we have rest found in you along this journey. Yeah. Regardless of how, how messy it is, how dirty it is, how difficult it is in our oneness with you, in our relationship with you, in our oneness with, with our, our community, our, our fellow members of the body, we can find resilience. And we can find those who will, will drag us and pick us up and set us back on the path. Yes. Just, we're just so very grateful for for this opportunity because that is really what it is. In the midst of it all, Jesus, we are, are lifting you high and saying thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I just, I feel to remind you that the victory has already been won. We are those who get to put his victory on display. Fight with what has already been done. All right, we'll talk later. Bless you guys. <laughs>